Holy Gospel comes to us today from the book of Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On this Christ the King Sunday, we have Luke 23. It will sound a whole lot like Good Friday, and there's a point to all of that. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. The people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, the Chosen One. The the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I stated a moment ago, today is Christ the King Sunday. It's actually the newest festival day in the entire church year. It was back in 1925. Uh, Pope Pius uh, XI instituted this as a new holiday within the church season, and he decided that it would be the last Sunday of the lectionary calendar before Advent starts. He did that at a time after World War I had finished. He also did that at the time where the world was still in upheaval and already on the crux of a movement of more further violence and demonstration in the world. The Pope knew at that point that this world needed to remind itself who its true king is. To continue with the Catholic theme, which we are not, but uh, This week, uh, I spent some time listening to other sermons and reading articles and trying to wrap my head around this theme of Christ being our King. And Bishop Barron, who is the bishop of um, of the Rochester, Minnesota diocese, who spent most of his ministry in Los Angeles on the streets helping the poor, he says this in regards to Christ the King Sunday. If we say anything other than Christ is the king of the whole of my life, then we're horsing around with Christianity. We're not truly taking our faith seriously. It's not real Christianity. I'll read that again. If we say anything other than Christ is the king of the whole of my life, I'm horsing around with Christianity. We're not truly taking our faith seriously. It's not real Christianity. I'm going to continue on with some of what he said for a moment. What Bishop Barron is asking us is, do we live our lives, do we believe in our lives that Christ is our King? In every aspect of our life. 
not just for the hour on Sunday morning or Saturday night or Wednesday night or whenever we find ourselves gracing the hallways of the church, but in every aspect of our life. If your pastor walked into your house, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that necessarily, but if I came over on a random moment and I started walking around your house, would there be enough evidence in that house that I could say, wow, Christ is your king? Are there conversations that you have day to day with friends or family or coworkers, and in those conversations and what you talk about and how you talk and the words we choose, is there evidence in that that clearly demonstrate that Christ is the king in your life? When you enter into your workspace, the business, whatever your vocation is, are you ethically and morally driven in a way to do the best that you can for the neighbors that you serve and the capacities that they need that it is clear that Christ is the king even in your workspace? In your families? The way you raise your kids? Or the way you interact with your grandchildren? Is it clearly understood that Christ is the king of your family. Even in your sexuality, is the way that you respect your spouse, is that true passion and love, the way that Christ comes into this world and Christ attaches himself to the church as though he is the bride and you are the bridegroom, is your respect and your care and your love, even in the most, uh, even in the most vulnerable, romantic aspect of your relationship, is that evident that Christ is the king in your life? Or are you more interested in just treating other people as though they're just another piece of being in your life? Is Christ your king? Or is he maybe just, you know, a teacher, some historical figure in your life that you have deep respect for and you like the readings and the pages? You appreciate that maybe somehow, some way that having a faith of some sort in the church keeps you somewhat morally correct. I will beg to differ that if that's solely the aspect of your, uh, your loyalty to the king of your life, then maybe, as Bishop Barron is saying, we're just horsing around a bit. I know it's kind of bold and blunt to think about, but I don't think we take our faith that seriously very often. Amen? Amen. I'm going to stop with Bishop Barron in the Catholic Church for a moment there. I'm going to shift gears to where we go with all of this. When we think about the lives and the loyalties that we bend our knees to in life, I find ourselves wondering who it is that we claim loyalty to. We just made it through the midterms, amen? I know. And to watch and listen to all the people in the community and friends and relatives debate and have conversation, the prediction of the big red wave versus the blue wave standing strong and all the junk that keeps going back and forth and all these conversations. It seems to me that the king in many people's lives are far from calling it Christ. Now don't get us wrong, we need the political realm that we live in Believe it or not, anarchy is not the next best option. 
We need the political figures. We need the government. We need all of those aspects that do hold sway in giving us some semblance of direction and correction and boundaries. Amen? But when we place our faith in a person or a group of people that are more interested in titles than calling Christ their king, then maybe we ourselves need to get off the ground and stop bowing down to certain identities. When we live our lives and we make decisions and we find ourselves debating nonstop about what is truth and what are we to gain out of it, where is, once again, your loyalty? Well, I'm going to shift directions completely back to the gospel lesson this morning. There's one character, and one character only, who genuinely gets it in that moment on the cross. If we notice back in the gospel, as Luke shares, we already had Pontius Pilate try to wash his hands of the whole situation. We had all of the Jewish hierarchy standing there in the court shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And now he's dragged out, he's nailed to a cross, the cross is up in the air, and there they still are taunting him and mocking him. If you are the king, if you are the Messiah, if you are the chosen one, then come down off that cross and save yourself. As they cast lots, literally gambling, rolling dice at the foot of the cross for his clothing. And taking a sponge with sour vinegar and giving it to him to drink as, a, as further mockery. And his Jewish kinfolk down there saying, when are you going to come off of that piece of wood? And even one of the thieves, one of the thieves shouts out from off to the side of Jesus, if you are the Messiah, the anointed one, then come down from that cross, save yourself and us. But kudos to St. Dismas. St. Dismas, the other thief on the side, on the other side of Jesus, looks at his other friend and derides him and says, who are you? We are the ones that actually deserve to be up here. We have justice given to us. Bold words. When the criminal, the thief, accused to be guilty, admits it from the cross and says, we deserve what we have, but he is innocent. It's a bold statement. But his question is even more bold. Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom today. Bold, amen? If there was a king in night, uh, or dressed in shining armor and chainmail, coming in on a horse, coming into the outer courts of the castle, as we all know in the images and the stories of time, what did you do? you bowed down on your knees. You weren't hanging from a cross, but I imagine Dismas, if he was off of the wood of that cross, he would have been on bended knee asking for mercy. He demonstrates it with his words. But the most powerful moment in the entire story is why today is the text for Christ the King Sunday. Christ the King Sunday wasn't dear baby Jesus being born, was it? 
Christ the King Sunday wasn't the three magi coming with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Christ the King and his kingship is identified by that moment on the cross when he looks back at Dismas and he says, Today you will be with me in paradise. I want the king that gives mercy. I pray that you long for a king who gives mercy. Amen? Because there's no force in this world There is not one individual, one political figure, one figure of justice, one teacher, one one mentor, one council member, one uh, one mayor, or the sky's the limit. There is not one entity in this world that has the authority or the capacity to give you forgiveness, to grant you mercy on your soul. Amen? But Christ does. He always has. And he always will. The question we must ask ourselves is do we actually believe it? Do we actually live it? Do we actually embrace who our king is? We are saved because the king did not save himself. I want us to think about that. We are saved, we receive mercy. Because our King, Christ, was abandoned himself on that cross. I want us to close with this. I want you to take out your red hymnals. I want you to go to number 838. And this is the hymn of the day, and I'm cheating by going ahead. But before we get there, I want us to join in singing the last verse of Beautiful Savior. Linda, will you give me the, t- the key? Beautiful Savior, Lord of the nations, Son of God Son of man, glory and honor, praise, adoration, now and forevermore be thine. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Dismas gets it question we must ask ourselves is, do we? Thanks be to God. Amen.